America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you. Hey, hey, everyone. David here. Welcome back to Red Pill News. Elon Musk is releasing the second trove of Twitter files. It's going to be episodic, so the story, nothing gets buried. He figured if he released all of the Twitter files simultaneously, that some of the major points would be buried. So who knows exactly when these are going to drop, but this is supposed to be a lot of new information. And we have a breaking story here about the director. He actually was let go today, the general counsel rather. He was an ex-FBI official and Musk fired him today because he his name came up as someone who was curating the documents or someone that was looking at the documents as to what could be released regarding the uh, the Twitter files. So who knows what actually is taking place there? Uh, I mean, he might not have actually ever been let go from the Bureau, and he might have been, you know, operating inside of Twitter uh, still with the Bureau. So this happened just a little while ago. Elon Musk fires Twitter's general counsel and ex-FBI official James Baker. This is from the Epoch Times. He confirmed that it's one of his top officials. He was exited from the company on Tuesday amid concerns that were raised about his possible role in suppression of information. In light of concerns about Baker's possible role in suppression of information important to the public dialogue, he was exited from Twitter today, wrote Musk on Twitter. Musk did not offer any more details on Baker's exit or what role he played at the firm. So yeah, again, this guy is former FBI. He was the general counsel, the head attorney at Twitter. And it was just now revealed to Musk that this guy was actually part of the information censorship, or it, it appears so from the, these new documents that's been released to Elon Musk. And this is going to be an interesting night. Last time the files, version one of the Twitter files, they were, were released pretty quickly. Uh, once they started to be released, uh, we're, we're waiting on Twitter right now for, uh, we had word from Matt Tahibi one hour ago that the second batch of the Twitter files, let me get switch screens here, will be released by Barry Weiss. Let's see if I have their profile pulled up. She is uh, with the Honestly Pod. So who knows exactly when this is going to happen, but this should be some more substantial information. And uh, I just want to quickly say, I don't think enough conservative commentators have made this point yet. Uh, we don't know for certain that the government was involved in the takedown of the Hunter story. The Matt Taibbi Twitter files version one, they only had direct evidence that the DNC the Democratic National Committee had approached Twitter. And, you know, that's corrupt as can be, right? It, but it's not the government. So there's a, a clear distinction there. And it could be that the government did. I just want you to know what the Twitter files say and to know accurate information because I'm hearing some commentators say that 
they're the government removed or requested for these things to be removed regarding the Hunter story. So far, all we know is that the DNC approached Twitter and also that Twitter had been kind of accustomed to look for stories like that. They had trainings from the uh, CISA board or the FBI on what to look for, what they thought was misinformation. So they were probably already trained to think like this, to remove uh, any story that would, that would look like this. Uh, and really quickly, you know, while we're waiting for these files, I want you to also know how this all got started. There's a big misconception that it was the disinformation governance board and that's all there, there was that that's not true. Like after the disinformation governance board was defeated and uh, I think people were calling her Mary Poppins uh, after she was no longer going to be the, the head of this board. Everybody thought we won, that we won this battle, but that actually is not true at all. CISA has came into effect in 2018, and actually Trump signed it into law not knowing what was in it. Every Republican voted for it in the Congress. Every Democrat voted for it. And what is thought to have happened is that Paul Ryan at the time snuck it in at 2 a.m. and nobody got to read exactly what was in this CISA founding law where it created this cyber information security agency that has been given statutory power to police social media. And, you know, the libertarians in 2001, when the Patriot Act was created, they said, hey, you know, this could be used against citizens. And I wasn't too tuned in in my age back then, you know, 21 years ago. But uh, it seems like that's the case, that this, this was the precipice, was the was the Patriot Act, and it had a good purpose, right? But now with corrupt people, that power is being used against the citizens. So let's look at an article really quickly about this uh, cybersecurity agency. Trump signs bill that creates the uh, cybersecurity and infrastructure. Sorry, I might have said it slightly differently. Infrastructure Security Agency. So this was the CISA Act. Again, this was in 2018, late 2018. And why might Trump sign this? Well, this was purportedly about stopping Russian disinformation. And Trump, you know, he had an incentive to look like he was against Russia because he is a, he, he is against Russia in terms. There was no collusion ever. That was a fake story that the Hillary campaign uh, put out there. It never happened. But he was trying to look good, right? He was trying to look good. So he's like, all right, I'm going to sign this. And the, the tragedy, again, is that nobody knew what was in this bill. But this bill, the CISA Act, authorized pretty much CISA to, to police all social media. And, you know, who knows what they took down regarding the, the COVID stuff. Uh, but so far, regarding the Hunter story, there has not been direct evidence of it being CISA. Now, again, as I mentioned, they do coach, they do meet with social media companies, CISA and, and FBI to coach them on what to look for. So even if it's not a direct request, it is, uh, they pretty much have been trained, right, to look for these things. And this is just such an abuse of power. Like the fact that it is 
social media companies alone, right? Because we know what we know is that employees, sorry, my mouse here, let's see, which screen am I on? Haven't streamed in a while. Here we go. We know that Twitter employees are super far left, right? We know that um, that is the case in the private sector. Employees tend to be leftists. So actually the, the Trump campaign and uh, the, the Biden campaign had access to these tools to remove, to make requests to remove content. Interestingly, everybody had access to it. However, again, given that Twitter is all the employees were leftists, most of the employees overwhelmingly, if you're a Democrat, you have way more opportunity to have contacts and request that something be removed. So, uh, you know, it's just insane that this is where we're at in America, that this to me is a violation of the First Amendment. I think it is. I mean, even if it's not technically the government, it's at least a violation of the principle of free speech because nobody can deny that social media is the place to be to speak. It's the, it's the digital town square social media is. So that's a key fact for you to know. Trump signed CISA into law. He didn't know what it was. Republicans didn't know what it was. And that shows you a fundamental flaw of Congress. You have to represent 300 million people, a body of 535 uh, representatives, and you know, including senators, excluding non-voting from territories. But you have to represent 300 million people. You've got bills that are 2,000, 3,000 pages long. You could slip anything in realistically. I mean, they, Congress has huge staff, but... This got slipped in, and now the American people are having to suffer from a government agency that has the ability to contact these agent or these social media companies, and they have pretty broad powers. I don't know all their specific statutory powers, but they're pretty broad. So let's go back over to Twitter here and see if we have anything new so far. We're just going to refresh this page here. And again, this may be something that's not um, out for an hour or two, but there's plenty of stories to talk about regarding censorship. Uh, in the meantime, if you haven't heard, Katie Hobbs, Secretary of State of Arizona, it's confirmed that she, her staff, while she was Secretary of State, directly contacted Twitter to ask for certain posts to be removed and uh, yeah, it's just wild. It is wild. Uh, let's see here. We have a Facebook user. Yeah. Hey, Facebook user, you're still on the Trump train. And uh, uh, Dave, Watergate is like jaywalking compared to this. It, it really is. And the sad part is back then, people were disgusted by their own party doing this. And it seems like the left it falls into two camps, uh, and, and I don't claim to speak for all Democrat voters. I don't know all of them, but from the conversations I've seen, either they're convinced it's not happening, and that's because the leftist media is, uh, sadly, they're the most effective liars on the planet, and it's to the detriment of the American people that, you know, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 
more trustworthy. They've become less trustworthy over time. But a lot of people still think they can trust the mainstream media. So they got the mainstream media come through their TV telling them that, hey, this is not actually happening. This, this censorship from one party is not happening. This is a conspiracy theory. So it's a tragedy because this is demonstrably real. The, the records are there. The emails are there. The requests are there. Uh, and that's one camp that I've heard from the left is that they don't believe it. They genuinely don't because the mainstream media has got them in this bubble of non-truth in their mind. It's just a cloud. And the second school of thought I've heard from a smaller minority is that, so what? You don't deserve your speech, and it's okay that we're taking the speech down. And that's terrifying that that some people think like that. Like if a, if a Republican, if Trump, I'm I'm super MAGA, a Republican. I, I worked for Trump, his campaign. But if he was requesting mass censorship of Democrats, I would not be okay with that. I don't think, regardless of this, is not a partisan issue. This is a constitutional issue. And again, even if it's not a technical violation of the United States Constitution. One has to respect the idea that today the the press for the average citizen is digital. It's tweeting, it's typing a uh, you know posting on Facebook, posting a video on YouTube. So, given that the the powers for individuals to say what they want, uh, it's essentially a violation of the First Amendment. That's how I feel about it. I'm gonna look at a comment here. I have to read it before I put it up to make sure I don't put something up that uh. They won't like social media. Please, Elon, drop them all. Show the the county what the Democrats have been up to. They're a bunch of hypocrites. You know, I agree regarding the elected officials. I, I can't believe that Katie Hobbs, there's actual emails of her emailing Twitter and saying, take down these tweets. They're they're problematic for me. And the, the Biden campaign did this, too. I don't know if I yeah, emphasize that. But uh, the actual Biden campaign did this. Uh, and again, they're not, while Biden was running, he was not a government official, but he was running for the highest office in the land and his campaign were was making these requests. So I'm going to go over just briefly the highlights of the initial uh, version 1.0 Twitter uh, files. They were, I think they were the second. Let's see which order these are in. Yeah, so you had a letter here saying the First Amendment is not absolute. This is the, the, the attitude of Democrat lawmakers. Let's take a look at this letter. I forgot exactly who it is. They complain that companies are inept. They left conservatives muddy the water and make the Biden campaign look corrupt even though Biden is innocent. Let's see who this is. This is Zabo's letter containing chilling passages relaying Democrat lawmakers' attitudes. They want more moderation. And as for the Bill of Rights, it's not absolute. So you got this letter here. Uh, Here's 35. Okay, we're going to go back to the beginning. And and, uh, put a one in chat if you know the specifics of the first Twitter file leak. Put a two in chat. If you want a, a more detailed look, we'll, we'll go through it more slowly. But as for now, I'm just going to go through it pretty slowly. We're getting close to 
the beginning. Yeah, here we are, the Twitter files. This was uh, Friday here. And uh, let's see, Tammy, you say you're, you're still, yeah, you say good for Elon. I agree. He's, he's actually worried about being assassinated. He said it's a substantial threat. And gosh, again, it doesn't feel like America anymore. But uh, yeah, let's take a look here. Uh, what you're about to read is the first installment in a series. An incredible story from inside of Twitter, uh, Frankensteinian tale. Uh, corruptions are br- uh, conception is a brilliant tool for enabling mass communication, real-time communication. Let's see. The staff became more used for the tools. The uh, this is the censorship tools. They they were learning how to use them. Initially, Twitter had the mission of you know speech without barriers. I I, I don't think Jack Dorsey, the CEO was the worst of the bunch. I think he was a a passive man and he started a company and he got overruled by like woke activists and they just had their way with him. I I don't think when he started Twitter from the conversations I've heard him in and his discussions that that's my opinion, but yeah, slowly over time, the staff became, became more familiar with these censorship tools learned how to use them to wield power against, you know, conservative viewpoints. Uh, By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. It was routine. One executive would write to another, more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back handled. Celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. Both parties had access. Uh, so, yeah, this is important to note, too. There were requests from the the Trump White House, and I don't feel good about that either. I mean, I, there's nothing I can say uh, about that. Uh, the system wasn't balanced. It was based on contacts because Twitter's overwhelmingly, I alluded to this earlier, they're leftist. There was more people to contact uh, for Democrats. Because if you look at the money... This is the contributions of Twitter employees to the uh, respective political parties. In 2022, Twitter employees, 99.73% of their political donations went to Democrats. I thought it was like 95, 5%. Goodness gracious, only four out of... $185,000, Republicans received from Twitter employees this past election cycle, $451. And it was a little bit better in 2020, 1.53%, but still, that's tiny. Like, that's not, yeah, that's insanely uh, misbalanced, not balanced. The resulting slant in content moderation decisions is visible in the documents you're about to read. So, yeah, all this started with, you know, as you know, the Hunter Biden laptop story. Or it didn't start there. This is where things got really noticeable and people said, you know, what the hell is going on? And it's not like the the laptop story is, let's see, do I got my mouse back? Yeah, I do. The laptop story came from New York Post. 
they're I think they're over two hundred years old. It's not like a, a a tabloid. It's not like a you know Vogue magazine or Cosmopolitan. They're a legitimate news organization, and actually, further in these uh, the Twitter files here, it was revealed that some employees said, "Do we really have grounds to remove this?" Because their justification was the laptop was hacked. That was their justification, and not everybody believed that based on the New York Post story, where the New York Post said. You know, we got it from this guy at the computer shop. I believe he came to them. I'm not sure who came to who. Maybe it was this guy went to Giuliani. Let's look at another comment here. The do actions. Let's see. Let's see where all the dark money. Let's see. So far. Yeah, yeah. It's very scary. It's very scary. I got some comments about elections that uh, YouTube wouldn't be happy with. Swift accountability. Yeah, accountability would be good. We need to figure out uh, how to stop. I think we just have to amend this bill. We've got to get conservatives back in control to either amend CISA or abolish it. You know, a lot of conservative commentators are saying, let's abolish CISA. Maybe we do, but maybe we don't because they there is an actual function of looking for for terrorism. But again... They're also censoring Americans. So, I mean, we need the first thing, right? We need some protections, but we also need freedom. You know, freedom is dangerous. I've always believed that uh, freedom is dangerous. And, you know, there's that quote that's attributed to Benjamin Franklin. I don't know if it's actually him that says, he who trades safety, no, freedom for safety deserves neither and is a, is a coward. Maybe that's not really him. You can tell me in the comments, but yeah, that's safety is an illusion. I really believe that. And freedom freedom is is dangerous, but yeah, let's get back to this here. So, yeah, that's what happened. It was the New York Post posted this story. They just removed it and locked the account of New York Post unprecedented just removed the, uh, like, or blocked the account. And the White House uh, press secretary, McEnany, she was sending the story in her DMs, right? She was attempting to send the story in her DMs, and she could not even send it in her DMs. And I want to say that I was unable to as well. I couldn't send it in my DMs either. And the, these tools that they use to stop her from sending it in her DMs, those were the tools they were using to remove it, like really bad content, like uh, child stuff. That's all I'll say. They were they were using these tools initially to remove child stuff, and they used those same tools on the press secretary of the president of the United States, where she could not send a message. So. Just uh, insane. This led public policy executive to send out a polite WTF. Several employees noted that there was tension between the comms and the policy team who had less control over moderation and the safety trust team. So we're, we're mostly through these, this version one, and then we'll check back into the uh, see if we got version two 
here yet. Let's see. Take a look. Although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from law enforcement about hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. This is the important thing that I, I worry that a lot of conservative commentators are, I don't think they're intentionally misleading, but uh, it, this is a nuanced story. And I'm not saying that it's, it didn't happen directly from government officials, but Matt Taibbi says he doesn't see the evidence yet. But we do know that the CISA employees, FBI, met regularly with Twitter employees and, and, and trained them on what to look for. So you could say that's a indirect uh, asking them to take it down, but maybe not you know exactly direct. But let's continue. They just freelanced it is how one former employee characterized the decision. Hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized it was not going to hold but no one had the guts to reverse it. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty telling. You can see the confusion in the following lengthy exchange. Looks like uh, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis. Will we also mark similar stories as unsafe? So someone, you know, who knows? It. I think it's the safety team that has this responsibility. I mean, someone from the government could have called them secretly that we don't know about yet, right? That's a theoretical possibility. But the key takeaway there, there, there is there was strife between employees internally. Uh, by this point, everyone knew they were effed, said one former employee, but the response was essentially to err on the side of continuing to err. Former VP, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? So they're freaking out. They know how big this is. This is a, a presidential election. And I want to take another, this is a, a point worth emphasizing. There was a pretty big national survey conducted asking Americans, do you think the election would have turned out differently had the Hunter Biden laptop story been reported and not been suppressed. And the majority of Americans, including Democrats, a majority of Democrats believe that Trump would have won the 2020 election had this story not been suppressed by Twitter and other social media companies. So that is that is very damning. You know, regardless if you say Twitter employees did it on their own. If you say the government directly or indirectly told them, Democrats believe it would have changed the outcome. And many Democrats in the same survey indicated they were concerned about the story and they wanted to know more about the story. Looks like we've got some people from both sides uh, arguing in the comments. So that's uh, interesting. I got to be careful what I put up. Uh, but here is a good comment. Elon is taking us back to truly being able to speak and attempt to have civil discourse. There it is. There it is, right? Like, my belief with speech is that if you're not causing real harm, and I know that's a debatable term, what real harm is, but a, a common sense definition, if you're not causing real harm, then you should be able to say something and speak. But 
Unfortunately, Elon Musk with Twitter, he's in a bit more of a bind slightly. He can't allow absolute free speech because he still relies upon being in the Google Play Store, being in the Apple App Store, and getting money from advertisers. But he was kind of smart. He actually went to these advertisers and called them and and shamed them and said, you should not stop advertising because of this woke mob. And I'm going to publish your name as you're someone who's bowing to the mob. And I think some of them decided to you know up their budget because of that decision, uh, which is uh, interesting. Uh, but he has a, a balancing act for sure. There was rumors that he would that Twitter would be taking taken out of the Apple Store, and you wouldn't be able to have Twitter on your phone. You would actually have to download it in in a backwards manner. But we'll continue here and just real quick, I'm going to check her Twitter to see if we've got anything new. Do we have anything new? Okay, two hours ago. It's been quite a weekend, so we're still awaiting. Nothing new yet, everybody. It uh, looks like there's something in the works. It's it's happening tonight. That's what Matt Taibbi said. So we'll continue with this. Uh, as I said, we're almost through. You almost know the first episode of the Twitter files, and you, you know what happened. A fundamental problem with tech companies and content moderation Many people in charge of speech know, care little about speech and have been told the basics by outsiders to wit. Yeah, that's true. Like the CEO of Twitter, that gentleman, I can't remember his precise last name, but my understanding is that there is not a a bill of rights or a guaranteed freedom of speech in India. I could be wrong about that, but... He didn't like the absolute free speech, and he also held the belief that 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 doesn't exist, that the First Amendment does not cover that. And one humorous exchange, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna reached out to Gade to gently suggest she hop on the phone to talk about the backlash re-speech. She was the only official I could find in the files who expressed concern. And, you know, that is telling in itself. That is a, that's, that's big. Like you got to wonder. And again, I'm just talking about elected officials, not voters. I know that there's not a one-to-one ratio there and not try not to be excessively divisive, but also tell the truth and, and speak to what is really happening. But, it seems like the current elected Democrats on the federal level, they only care about wielding power. How can they most effectively wield power and darn everything else? And we only have one Democrat who was concerned about this on the files. Well, that's what he said he's, he's found so far on the files. But uh, that that is really concerning. And that's, you know, conservatives, when we are trying to accomplish our legislative agenda, it's it's a disadvantage we have because 
we want to follow policy. We want order. We want to go through the process. And the left is willing to restructure the Supreme Court. Uh, they're, they're willing to use these side methods like the 14th Amendment to disqualify Trump from running. And now this new investigation, which I believe does not have uh, merit, this new special counsel, that could be a whole uh, live stream in itself. But yeah, Kana, this Democrat representative, tried to reroute the, uh, the conversation of the First Amendment. Uh, let's see, hard to find in the files. Let's take a look at this real quick. In the heat of the presidential campaign, restricting dissemination of newspaper articles, <laughs> she said, even if New York Post is far right, seems like it would invite more backlash and it will do good. Please keep this communication between just us and Jack. Just wanted to offer my two cents. So she, she was concerned there. She was concerned. Let's take a look at any other comments here. See what else we got. See if I need to ban anybody really quickly if somebody's trolling. Let's see. I don't see anybody. Be able to let me know if somebody's just like unnecessarily trolling. But within a day, the head of public policy received a ghastly letter uh, from the research firm NetChoice, which already polled 12 members of Congress from the House Judiciary Committee. What does this say here? Uh, met informally with nine Republicans and three Democrats to gather intel about the story. So they knew about this pretty quickly, and it was it was pretty uh, upsetting to the nation if you knew about it. But the the problem is the average voter is not that in tune. You know, if you're watching this, then you are probably very in tune with politics. And uh, you consider yourself someone who, who likes to know a bit more. But unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, most people, they still trust the mainstream media. They think they're authoritative and uh, they believe the full narrative. And the mainstream media is so good at framing. I mean, is even with their ratings declining, they, they still, for now control the narrative. And, and that's what's important. Another important point of what Musk is doing. He said, the more noise, no signal to noise ratio, the bigger it gets on Twitter, the less the mainstream media matters. And this is such a huge point because it's citizen journalism that will allow us to restore truth because the mainstream media is just a, the most well-funded propaganda machine in the history of humankind. And you can't stop them because even though they're not profitable, they're subsidized. They're going to continue to be subsidized, I think, until they've lost all effectiveness. So what can you do? You need citizen journalism. And it's okay to be biased, too. Like, I try to indicate I'm conservative, red pill news, but the, the danger is when the mainstream media is extremely biased and they paint it as neutral. They paint it as completely neutral. So we're just going to do something with the comments right there. 
And uh, back to the story here. Okay, so that is it. It looks like that is the end of the files so far. So Twitter employees were freaking out. It was done by one team the other team didn't agree with. Only one Democrat was uh, bothered or that Matt Taibbi has found so far in the files. Let me say that. There could be more Democrats who contacted Twitter and said they were concerned, but that's all that was found. So uh, that's that's the, the basics. Uh, they were meeting with CISA and the FBI. Just one more broad overview, and we'll, we'll move on to some other stuff. They were meeting Twitter as the election approached. They started meeting weekly with these government officials to be trained on what to look for. But as we know from the files so far, there is no specific mention of an actual government employee asking for this to be taken down. But uh, it seems like it's on the Twitter employees themselves so far. So what do we got here? Let's see. Here's the announcement for the Twitter files second version. On Friday, the first installment of the Twitter files was published here. We expected to publish more over the weekend. Many wondered why there was a delay. We can now tell you part of the reason why. Here's where the, you know, the breaking part today. Twitter Deputy uh, General Counsel Jim Baker was fired. Among the reasons vetting the first batch of the Twitter files without the knowledge of new management. That's just, uh, man, I don't, you know, this guy was the former chief legal officer at the FBI and now he's the chief legal officer. No, I'm sorry. He's the second. He's the deputy general counsel at Twitter. And he's going through these Twitter files without the knowledge of Musk. You know, what was he doing with these Twitter files that Musk could not have known? The process for producing the files involved delivery of two journalists, Barry Wise and me, via a lawyer close to new management, However, after the initial batch, things became complicated. Over the weekend, while we both dealt with obstacles to new searches, it was Weiss who discovered that the person in charge was named Jim. We asked who it was. It was Jim Baker. My jaw hit the floor, said Weiss. Uh, the first batch of files both reporters received were marked Spectra Baker emails. Wow. He's a controversial figure. He's been something of a zealot, I don't know what that is, of uh, FBI controversies dating back to 2016 from the Steele dossier. Okay, someone just wrote a correction in the comments. I'm going to read it and put it up if I can. Okay, so that's incorrect. One of the emails was from the DNC to remove James Wood post and then remove him from the platform. He is suing. I did see that he is suing and, uh, you know, I, I applaud him. He is such a small percentage of Hollywood that is, you know, standing against the insane, uh, wokeness, the insane wokeness. So good for him. It, it sounds like the DNC 
again, not a government entity, but a political entity that's in charge of getting Democrats in power directly contacting Twitter. Pretty insane. Pretty insane. Uh, So I guess that's where we are. Let's see. Are we still waiting for... Okay, Senator Baker, as a former Secretary of State, has diplomatic immunity and can delete anything he wants if he thinks it's dangerous. Do the right thing and delete. That must be someone who is the the pro-censorship. Hey, this is a good question right here. Anyone heard results of Georgia yet? I guess today or soon is election day. That's going to be such a pivotal race because we're so close in the Senate. And thankfully, even the small House majority that Republicans have will be able to stop a large majority of the really woke stuff that Biden wants to accomplish. And uh, the, the scariest thing that you've probably felt, the people you know in your pocketbook, the transition to green energy, and we're going to get back to the, the Twitter files here and keep looking in just a minute, but the cost of energy in the past year has been insane. And it's not just inflation. Yeah, there is inflation. It's global. But America has had some of the worst inflation. We ranked, I think, eighth worst out of the 24 countries that report inflation. So we're up there. But beyond that, Biden is not friendly to energy. Anyone that that tries to use the argument of the 9,000 permits, that's a superficial argument because once you have a permit, there's so much EPA regulations, so many surveys, so many approvals you need, environmental impact studies. Just because you have a permit does not mean you're ready to drill. It takes years sometimes to develop and get full land rights for those permits and to build your infrastructure. And Biden is one of the, I think he's the only president who paused this cycle of lease renewals off of the coast, uh, the, the Gulf Coast of Mexico and in Alaska. Only president to do that. And he's so sold on, you know, the green energy thing. And regardless of what you think of the environment, Poverty will come when you take away affordable energy. And my only hope is that that's not their goal, but there's some people that would suggest that they that the earth is too populated and we need fewer people. Whether you believe that part or not, we're going to have poverty. We're going to have energy poverty if we go green too fast. And why isn't the left talking about nuclear fusion? It's right around the corner. There's no radioactive waste. It's going to be the most efficient form of energy in the universe. And even nuclear fission today, you could stack a football field 10 feet tall, one football field 10 feet tall with radioactive waste. That's all the waste that's been ever produced on planet Earth, radioactive waste. That's a lot, but it's way less than I thought it was. So that's just a huge 
concern of mine with the energy. I feel, I feel like it's uh, really going to hurt America. But let's go back here and see if we got anything new from Matt. Okay, so still awaiting that. Let's look at some stories on the Epic Times. So here's a, here's a lawsuit here from the Missouri Attorney General. And there was an agent who was deposed. And what this deposition found is that the agency played a big role in working with social media from weekly meetings ahead of the election uh, to ask for account takedowns. Again, this is what this article is alleging. I'm just reporting that, Big Tech. I'm not asserting that's a fact myself, but that's what this is reporting. Uh, three days after deposing the agent, uh, this is yeah what they had determined. So this lawsuit is apparently pretty consequential here. Let's see. Uh, Chan testified that they had... Yeah, they were meeting on a quarterly, then monthly, then finally a weekly basis, as mentioned. They sent companies lists of URLs and accounts that should be taken down because they were disinformation from malign foreign influence operations. On many occasions, the platforms took down the accounts flagged by the Bureau. It defended itself, suggesting it was merely providing companies with information, just, per, you know, just suggestions. Uh, they regularly engage with private sector entities. So this deposition revealed a lot of details. And, you know, Zuckerberg, he said he couldn't remember if, you know, what was uh, flag, if it was flagged specifically or if it just fit the pattern. And that's that training that they, that the social media companies underwent that I had mentioned so I'm trying to see where this lawsuit goes. They should be angered about this. Yes, yes, yes. This case is one of many. No American should be censored. So let's go back to the top here. This deposition. I think this is in a lawsuit. I'm not sure. I know that there's some monopoly lawsuits going on regarding should big tech companies be treated as public utilities so people cannot uh, be censored because it would be a public utility. Let me take another look at comments here. Let's see. Yeah, this is it. This is it right here. You know, American blue-collar workers, and there's so much of the world who are just getting the infrastructure for oil and gas and if we make the global market more unaffordable or less affordable, then there's going to be dire consequences for those poor people. I mean, poor people in America are, are very wealthy. Like we're all in the top five. I don't know this specific stat, but we're roughly all of us in the top five or 10% people uh, like living standards in the world. I mean, even homeless people are obese, for goodness sake. Uh, but you could argue that's due to poverty, but I, I think it's due to abundance, depending it's depending on who you ask. But uh, yeah, that is that is a severe 
thing right there. This is severe with the, with the energy. Uh, here's another story. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Here was this other story that you might find interesting. Political correctness, a form of language control aiming to undermine traditional Western values. Wow, what a powerful statement. New book on wokeism. While political correctness may disguise as a form of politeness, it's a type of language control and groupthink dominating the Western world. The Australian educator and commentator Kevin Dornealy argues in his latest book, oh, i got to buy this book, The Dictionary of Woke. Not affiliated with a guy, but that sounds like a good book. And he's saying that we've entered the Orwellian period. We definitely have. We definitely have. Neo-Marxism silently subverting society. These are all things that we know, right? But it's good that there are academics putting this in formal terms and and studying this because we need to figure out ways. The left is very they're very smart. Like the whole the whole conservative media, most of conservative media thought that when the disinformation board was defeated. We defeated government censorship. It's gone. It's over. Everybody relaxed for a few months, and then they realized, uh-oh, well, there's stuff that is potentially being censored for this cycle that's still happening. Like, they completely did a a double fake on conservatives, and, and that they, they have control of the institutions. And I'll emphasize again, this is not all Democrats. I don't think Americans, the voters... Most of them are not that part, far apart as the media wants us to think to keep us divided. You know, there's the 10% on, on each side with some issues, but the elected officials, again, it's uh, they're literally changing institutions. They have control of the institutions, and it's, a, uh, it's not what I would expect it to have seen in America even 20 years ago, but I guess that is... Uh, where we at? But we got to get smart. We have to the the big dragon that we have to defeat is ESG. Look this up: ESG investment incentives from the Department of Labor. This was passed by Obama's Department of Labor, and these mega corporations, the private sector. There's an incentive for investments in retirement accounts to be put into woke companies, companies that follow environmental, social government governance. I mean, you have BlackRock that's that's worth $9 trillion. I think the operating budget of the U.S., the annual budget, is roughly $20 trillion. I could be wrong on that, but a few years ago it was 16 or so. So you've got this private entity that is – they're – foundation is wokeness and they have half the money of the federal government and the law makes it attractive for people to invest in those types of investments. Uh, look, I'm going to look at some numbers here for a Georgia update real quick. 8% in. Okay. It looks like Rough with eight percent. I guess they're doing the cities first. He's got seventy three point eight two percent. Interesting, interesting. Good to know. But yeah, we've got to get smart, and we've got to get back in the institutions. We we've got to 
found some higher ed colleges that are not woke because we need you can be intelligent without going to college. You can there's not a perfect correlation between education and intelligence. It the left would have you think that, but that's not true. You can be a high school graduate or a middle school graduate become a millionaire, start your own business. But generally, education is good and the colleges that are just ran by wokeness. We've got to f- found some new colleges. We need school choice. So we can have, if one school goes super woke, allow the the taxpayer money that the parents are putting in, allow that to move to a charter school or a different form of school because parents need options. We don't want to send, there's, there's an old saying that says the left doesn't have kids. They just raise yours. And there's a lot of truth to that because conservatives have are having more kids than liberals, even though we're in a population crisis because no one on either side of the aisle is having replacement levels. So we're, we're going to that's why we haven't had a worse recession. If you want to know the reason why the recession is it's I mean, it's bad. It's it's really bad. Right. Like the, the economy. But the labor market, the reason there hasn't been more layoffs so far is because there's not enough employees in the economy to begin with. We're not having enough kids. And when you have a massive economy, what happens when you fall below replacement levels, this happened to Japan, your, your economy starts to shrink and you, it can be a a bad economic time. Uh, Elon Musk said the way you measure that is you compare is the ratio of adult diapers being sold to infant diapers being sold. And the higher that ratio gets, that means you're you're really entering a population crisis. So that's just something to think about when we're seeing the economy do what it's doing. It should be, there should have been more layoffs, but the layoffs are going to continue. Uh, Let's see if we can find anything else here. I'm not going to wait a whole lot longer. I will wait a few minutes and see if we, if we have anything. I want to give you all this update tonight, but it may be that uh, it's not here yet. It may, it may just be, I mean, since they fired this guy today, they're probably scrambling, you know, to, to figure out what exactly is going on, what's taking place.